We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dice Straight Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for best ball and more. This evening, I am not joined by John Hogue. John Hogue did not replace Dan. He, he, he tried. He was, he was like, you know what? That Dan guy, he stinks. He only shows up 34% of the time. I should get the job. I was like, no, John. There's something called loyalty in this business. No, John didn't actually say that. Um, but... I am loyal to Dan, uh, too thick and thin, thicker than water, as the kids say, even though we're not blood-related yet. Um, Dan, how are you this evening? Well, they do say that 34% of the time it works every time, so I am glad to be here for uh, hitting my 34% quota. That That is me, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm always glad to be able to sit down and actually do this, because the alternative is either real life or real work. Uh, both are significantly less fun than seeing your beautiful face. That is appreciated. All right, let's get into the show today. Make sure to tune into the rest uh, the rest of the show. If you want to meet your 100% deposit match to Underdog, I'm excited to talk about that in a little bit. First, so today we're going to be doing a little camp stuff. And for the most part, I'll be honest with you folks, I want to preface this by saying there's not a lot happening in camp so far uh, as of August 9th at 6.14 p.m. Central Time. So we're going to go over some of the, the light stuff and we'll talk about is it camp news or is it camp snooze, meaning... Is this something that's going to matter in the, the in the you know 2022 season? Is this something that can matter past the 2022 season? So, first, our camp news or camp snooze. Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack are co-RB1s for the Houston Texans. Dan, did you even know that Marlon Mack was on the Houston Texans? I did, actually. This is one okay. of those guys that's a, like a perfect end-of-bench type because of what he could potentially come into. Burkhead, to me, is, is kind of strikes me as that pass catcher, the kind of utility down back, whereas Marlon Mack, you know, kind of over time, has essentially been the two-down guy. And for those of you that don't recall, for you young whippersnappers, back in 2018 and 2019, 
Marlon Mack was actually, let's say, halfway decent. Not not a game changer by any means, but he had about 2,000 yards over the 18 and 19 seasons and something like 20 touchdowns, let's say. It may be more than that, actually, if you consider the receiving. So he's only 26. He has enough upside where, I mean, he could be a low-end R2, high-end RB3. This is This is one of those kind of, free lotto tickets if you will that now i'm not i'm not thinking he's going to be winning you leagues but there's a little bit to here to kind of show he, he could potentially be in for like a seven to eight hundred yard season if he is truly getting those reps i mean davis mills isn't awful and there's enough in this offense where he could be usable now my my assumptions would probably tell me that Burkhead is probably going to be the overwhelming favorite to get most snaps. But if they want to keep those guys fresh, there's no reason to think that Marlon Mack couldn't be a two down guy and Burkhead comes in on third down and, and, you know, playing from behind a lot, which is probably going to be the case more often than not. Game script probably won't help Marlon Mack. Yeah, this is camp news, but I think it's more so because of Damian Pierce isn't in the 1A, 1B conversation here. And I'm not saying that that was an overwhelming you know, thought process, but it was for those who were taking Damian Pierce in the late first, early second of rookie drafts, taking a guy going day three of the NFL draft, kind of were expecting minimal minimal stuff ahead of him. And not that Burkhead and Mack are some insurmountable you know, thing to get ahead of at some point in the season. But I do think that early on this 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 puts Burkhead and Mack as the you know the guys contributing early on. And so that, that puts Pierce as more of a long-term play than, than maybe you originally thought. And I, I, between Burkhead and Mack, I think Burkhead's the much safer option. I think that he's the guy who's going to get that guaranteed like 10 to 12 touches. I think Mack has the much higher upside and the potential to be a quote-unquote RB1 in, from an NFL perspective and, and be you know probably a fantasy RB2. So if you're on the safe side, side with the end of bench guy, I'm going Burkhead. If you're going for the home run, I'm going for Marlon Mack. Yeah, I mean, the one thing with Burkhead is he's never really been the the big touch guy. And I, I think that's, I mean, it's built pretty well for him through his career. He's always he's always found work, never high volume, but he, he seems to get a lot of meaningful touches, if you will. Whereas I, I think you could just pound Marlon Mack into the line 15 times a game and be fine with it. And as just as your established run, you have two proven veterans here that have proved that they can play in the NFL. They can play this position and do it at the very least decent. So I, I can't imagine the Texans, unless they really want to see what these rookies have to offer early on. I can't imagine a, a world where we're not seeing these two dominate the touches for the first half of the season. Next, we'll go on to Tyler Algier, uh, the Atlanta Falcons rookie running back, fifth round pick. He is listed as the RB8 on the depth <laughs> chart. Is this camp news or camp snooze for you, Dan? Well, if some people that love to, you know, claim their their draft Cinderella's or whatever, um, th- this is probably going to end up being camp snooze. I, I would imagine that he probably is the eighth best because nobody really knew anything about this guy uh, coming out of BYU. Doesn't have a lot of draft capital taken in the fifth. You still have Cordero Patterson playing whatever position. This is going to be a team that has run through uh, Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts, whether that's with Marcus Mariota or Des Ritter or whoever. Th- this team, and it's not really going to be a running team regardless of, of who's under center and who's playing running back. 
Uh, I don't see a world where he's even remotely relevant, but I mean, he could end up getting some touches and, and kind of pulling a rabbit out of his hat, but I, I still think this team is just going to be dominated by the skilled, the skilled players that they already know that they have. Yeah. I, I think that the camp, the camp news part of this is it's a wake up call for anyone who was taking him as a potential sleeper in, in redraft 18th, 19th round of a, of a best Romania three type contest. And obviously the upside is still there at that price tag, but still it, for the most part, I think that this is definitely Patterson's backfield to lose. And then Damien Williams is the spellback. So I don't think that uh, uh, Algier is really threatening anyone at the top of that backfield, even though it's not exactly the, the most stout in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, he's going to be fighting for essentially that third, potentially fourth running back spot with Kadri Olison. So, uh, and I think we saw enough from him where he probably deserves an NFL roster spot. And I, I just, yeah, I, I don't really see uh, a lot of relevance. But you know, it's a brutal backfield. It's probably a full of void altogether. But if you are stashing, I'm I'm probably chasing, you know, as you know, he's 30 years old, Damien Williams before I'm I'm going for RLG or so. You know, it's it's a mess. Atlanta's going to be horrible. Next, we'll go to Jalen Rager. Uh, quote, unquote, he continues to stack days in what has definitely been his most consistent camp as a pro. Jalen Rager, camp news or camp snooze? Well, him showing up to camp and, and performing drills is probably truthful in that he's, he's he is more consistent. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he hasn't really done enough in the pros to have this be like super relevant. I I don't think he's anything. They bring in AJ Brown. They drafted Devonta Smith. Jalen Hurts still isn't a good quarterback. They're going to throw a little bit, but they're going to run more. I, I mean, unless they're trading him imminently, which is what this news is about to them for them trying to find a real trade partner. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, this is camp's news. It, it doesn't matter. But I do think that I am somewhat buying the concept of there's been so many wide receiver injuries so far in, in camp. You know, the Chicago Bears, the Kansas City Chiefs, all, all these teams have these wide receiver injuries. And I'm very much for the low, low price of free, like a fifth round pick or another end of roster guy. I'm, I'll buy the concept, even if Jalen Rager is terrible, I'll buy the first-round picture of Capital as a second chance on, on a different team. It, it's one of those things that it never works. Like, it, it's, you know, the very few and far between that the, the, the first-round guy ends up succeeding on that second team. But if I'm talking about, like, Jalen Rager or, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, an end of, or, like, a, a Hunter Long, like, I'm, I'm going Jalen Rager because, like, oh, that guy's a first-round pick. So, yeah, that, that's where I'm at with Rager's. I don't think that this news particularly matters, but I think it could matter if he ends up getting traded. Um, next one we have looking to lighten Najee Harris's workload in some capacity are the Steelers. Is this camp news or camp snooze? I'm going to say camp snooze. The notorious running back smashers into the earth, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe they learned from their mistakes with Le'Veon Bell or Rashard Mendenhall or any of the backs in the past that have put up crazy numbers for like three years and then they just die. Uh, it, it's possible they're trying to save Najee, but I can't imagine they want to take him off of the field, especially when you're putting Kenny Pickett or potentially someone arguably worse at quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. Uh, yeah, th- this is a this is an interesting one because they really should spell him in in some way, shape, or form. The NFL is a committee backfield 
space now. There's like three or four bell cows that still exist. So, yes, they should spell him. Will they? I don't think so. So here's the question. Was Najee Harris volume independent in 2021 because the Steelers offense was atrocious? Or was Najee Harris volume dependent in 2021 because Najee Harris is volume dependent? That's the question. Well, I think he's good enough to get the touches, but that offense is bad and it's going to continue to be bad uh, unless they get a real quarterback. So uh, I think we're chasing volume here with Najee. Um, unfortunately, that, that could be the case for the next couple of years unless they're very bad this year. But I think that defense is probably going to prove otherwise and they'll probably be con- contending uh, for a wild card spot in the AFC, as crazy as that sounds, the AFC North is wild. Really, any team could could take that. I mean, we assume the Bengals and the Ravens will be there. Pittsburgh has good enough on defense, and they have weapons on offense to be there. But I, I do still think this is a uh, Najee is is probably volume dependent right now, but he's good enough to not need all of the volume. Yeah, my my, my take here on Najee is that he's going to get the volume, which is good. But also, I, th- I still think that there's going to be some inefficiencies because of how bad the offense is. Now, let's go to the four- San Francisco 49ers. Uh, uh, t- t- uh, Tryon Davis-Price listed as the Niners RB4. Camp News or Snooze? Uh, snooze. I mean, it's Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon, and and then who cares, to be honest. I know it's a Shanahan offense, and, and there's always points to be found and, and highly sought after, but... I don't think RB four in in this situation will get there. I know we've we've <laughs> there's precedent again for the 49ers and like their fourth and fifth string running backs finding finding success. But if Elijah Mitchell is healthy, if Trey Sermon is healthy, is Jeffrey Wilson still there? Yes. I, th- yeah. I mean, but uh, one of those guys should be healthy at some point during the season. That I, I don't know that that TDP is super relevant it's a nice stash because of the potential for shanahan rb points but it'd be like the same thing as grabbing a kansas city fourth string running back yeah i think that the the news part of this is it's probably not news the fact that it is the first depth chart and was he going to be on the first depth chart ahead of, of sermon and wilson probably not but i do think that once uh, once we get into week two week three week four i would hope uh, TDP at, with his draft capital and where the Niners are at with Wilson and Sermon, I would hope that TDP is able to supplant them. But I, w- I wouldn't expect him to supplant him at this point. It would be more so later on. Like Elijah Mitchell was not the Niners RB one until week two or three last year, and and assuming this something similar, TDP is not going to be the Niners RB two until later on in the season. And let's go to James Robinson. James Robinson took first team reps on Monday. Is this Camp News or Snooze? Well, I think it's definitely Camp News. Uh, you know, Travis Etienne is hopefully going to be great. But again, there's precedent for James Robinson in this offense, even though it's it's a different regime. We're hoping Trevor Lawrence takes that step forward. They have some wide receivers now, even though they're all pretty mediocre. Uh, he's proven that he's an NFL back. So if... If the Jags aren't at the very least keeping these guys in some form of a rotation, I think they're doing themselves a disservice. But also James Robinson, because he he is good enough, if he's healthy, to be out there. And whether he's a two-down back or if they're just they're going full Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon on the bit, which I could see, 
I think there's some pretty easy comparisons to draw there. I, I do see these guys more of a split backfield than a, a true bell cow and ETN. Uh, to be honest, I think we've seen more out of James Robinson at this point that we would maybe name him the RB1A and ETN the RB1B just because we know what ETN can do in the passing game. We know he's a little bit more electric and explosive and all the things that we saw at Clemson, again, assuming health. And James Robinson is is kind of the 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 little bowling ball. You know, he's, what, like 5'8", 220 or something. So I think these guys are a great tandem, but I, I don't know that either one will be a clear-cut bell cow type. I think, like the rest of the league, like I said before, we'll expect more of a committee here. Yeah, this is definitely camp news for me. Part of my bullish case on ETN for 2022 was we didn't know what we were getting from Robinson post-injury, but it seems like he's fine and he's going to be able to play in week one, which is not necessarily a good thing for Travis ETN and his fantasy outlook. But I will say that there is still a, a decent chance that we look back in week six, week seven, week eight, and we're like, we really cared about James Robinson when Travis Etienne's like blowing up the league. So I, this is what it does. It lowers Etienne's floor precipitously, and it doesn't even affect Travis Etienne's ceiling. His ceiling is still top five NFL running back. I, I completely agree. I think I think sky's the limit if, if uh, this offense starts to actually work and, and Trevor Lawrence takes a step forward, I think. I think you could be looking at something really special with those two and and hoping they continue to build around them. But I I do think James Robinson eats into the floor. Uh, I do. I actually even think he may be serviceable in fantasy, uh, especially in in run heavy type leagues. Uh, You could end up, you know, using him on more than just bye weeks as a fill in. Uh, If this backfield is, is thriving, there could be potentially a lot of touches here. And I would imagine that there'll be a halfway decent split as far as usage goes. Let's go on to the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz has had a quote-unquote assortment pack of misfires in training camp so far. Is this camp news or snooze, Dan? I mean, I would say it's news, but it's not really news to us. We know Carson Wentz is bad. His arm is quite literally named misfire. So... I I I don't know why we're going to keep beating this dead horse, but uh, I guess we have to, Nathan. That's our job. That's what they pay us the big bucks for. Carson Wentz is bad, and you should feel bad for liking him. Sure, he's fine in, like, super flex and 2QB as, like, your QB4 or something, or even your QB3, just because, technically speaking, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be scoring you points. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be starting for you at any point he might not even be starting for the commanders very long if he continues to do a what he's been doing in camp and b what he's been doing in the nfl so uh i yeah i would say it's news but we knew we we, we already knew no this. Th- this is camp's news for me and i think it's because the fact that this is just people confirming their priors people who hate carson Wentz, like oh this is obvious that's me and people who <laughs> yeah and, and people who like carson Wentz, like oh it's just camp where this is going to play a factor is when we when we get to the games. Like Carson Wentz is not going to lose the starting job in training camp. If we get to week four, week five, week six, and the commanders are one and five, then they might be like, hey, Sam, how, how, how's your arm doing over there? Or um, I know they have a, another NFL quarterback in their team somewhere. Taylor Heineke. Um, there it is, Heineke. Um, but obviously they're going to give up on Carson Wentz no matter how bad his training camp is uh, before week one. Last one before we get into Dynasty Courtroom, we have Drew Locke 
was clearly the better quarterback in a uh, in a scrimmage uh, this past weekend. Wow, color me surprised that Geno Smith was the second best quarterback in any quarterback competition ever. Uh, I mean, sure news, but I think again we all knew that this was going to be Drew Locke. The only potential change for me here would be if Jimmy G shows up because I don't think Drew Locke is beating Jimmy G out, but I also don't think it's a big enough upgrade for Seattle to potentially sink in the money and the draft picks and whatever to to acquire him. So, yes, Jimmy G would be an upgrade, but I don't know if it's if it's massive enough and and Drew Locke is going to be fine. I would put him in the same tier with Carson Wentz. He probably shouldn't be starting, but he currently is. So he's going to be fine to have as in, in fantasy. He's probably a cheap asset to go get if you are really, really, really hurting for quarterbacks. He's one of those kind of guys that you could probably get for cheap, a la Jared Goff, who will turn in a, a somewhat usable quarterback season and, and at least put up some fantasy points. Yeah, my my take on Drew Locke is he's do, he's in the exact same situation he was beforehand right he's a mediocre to poor quarterback with some very nice weapons around him and not much competition behind him um so yeah i, I think that drew lock's gonna be the starter week one i don't i don't always i don't necessarily outside of the fact that i i'm i'll say this over and over i still don't understand why pete carroll is the coach of seattle seahawks why <laughs> didn't he retire it, it makes no sense they're going into a rebuild with an 80 bajillion year old coach it makes no sense um but yeah drew lock Better than better than Geno Smith makes sense, and I yeah I, I think that the difference between Garoppolo and and Locke is negligible enough in the situation of a rebuild. Like if they were legitimately competing for in 2022, I think they would be a different story. But how is Garoppolo helping you rebuild any more different than than Drew Locke? Yeah, and, and that's kind of part of the point as well. It's like you give up some draft picks potentially. You you're taking away snaps from. From somebody that you made a move for, yes, it was to get rid of your franchise quarterback to start your rebuild. But now if you're getting a better quarterback who's older, now you're going to try to win games and get a worse path to a rebuild? Like, sure, I mean, it it could appease to the fans, but I don't think their fan base is going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, That Those people are nuts, and they will always support that squad. So whether it's Russell Wilson or Drew Locke, uh, I think Seattle will be just fine, and and hopefully— you know, if, if DK Metcalf sticks around and, and they find uh, another wide receiver to pair with him, assuming that Tyler Lockett is on a different team by the trade deadline, um, that could be a really attractive spot for one of these rookie quarterbacks coming in in the next couple of years, uh, assuming that maybe Pete Carroll isn't the head coach there after the rebuild is like kind of on its way. Yep, that sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, what do you what have you heard about? Best ball? You heard about best ball, Dan? I, I dig me some best ball, uh, but there's really only one way that I'll play best ball these days, Nathan. And oh, really? That's, that's actually on underdogfantasy.com. In, right now, in Best Ball Mania 3. Man, if you're not throwing your money into Best Ball Mania 3 in an attempt to win over... Let me, let me, let me just everybody calm down a little bit. If you're not putting your money in to try to win some of the $10 million prize pool. I don't know what you're doing with your life. I really, really don't. And sure, there's there's some stats that say, oh, drafting early 
gives you the the you know the upper hand and and you know all of the winners from the past couple of years have drafted early. That doesn't mean anything. We know more now than we knew in June. Sure, you're not going to get any players for free, but I mean, once you join Underdog, you're already better than half the people anyway. So what difference does that make? The nicest part about this is once you join UnderdogFantasy.com and you deposit, if you use our code Rotoviz R O T O V I Z. They will match your deposit up to $100. You join. You get free cash, Nathan. Whoa. Free cash is what everybody wants. Again, underdogfantasy.com, promo code R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. Cash match up to $100. Join the Best Ball Mania 3s. Play in the regular Best Balls if you want to do that. Play in the Pick'ems. It's all there. It's all fun. We love you, Underdog. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Now, we're going to play a game we haven't played in a little while, mostly because you need three people, and we rarely have three people <laughs> on this podcast anymore. Um, we're doing Dynasty Courtroom, but we're doing it a little bit differently. Um, and first of all, you're doing a good job. If you're listening, you're, you followed the first step of the tweet. I'm going to send out these tweets and say you can only vote in these polls if you listen to the to the podcast. I'll even put an option on the poll saying I didn't listen to the podcast and I'm dumb. Um, but you, you're listening, so you're not dumb. So this is Dynasty Courtroom, judged by Twitter. Dan and I will each take a side. And then you, once this pod comes out on Thursday, on Thursday, you will decide – who won the argument? I don't want you to vote on which side you prefer. I want you to vote on 
which side was more convincing on their argument and also which one was the better side. So, Dynasty Courtroom, judged by Twitter. Our first matchup, Nathan will be defending Elijah Moore in the 2024 first. And Dan will be defending Brees Hall. Start, start us off with your defense, Dan. Well, you know, I would love to compliment Mr. Brees Hall as much as I possibly could. But we're, we're going to start off on the other side of the fence here. And, and we're going to talk, A, about a 2024 first. I'm not even going to be alive in 2024, Nathan. What am I going to do with a first that I won't even be here to use? All right. That that to for starters is ridiculous to me. A 2024. 20, Anyways, Elijah Moore, hey, all the upsides in the world. I'll give that man his due. We saw some nice things last year. The problem is he's got a quarterback that is running around town sniffing out milfs left and right, trying to just do anything but play football. That man is interested in the Cougs. Okay? So yeah, now let's get back to Mr. Breesaw. Look at all that draft capital, Nathan. Sure, they're on the same team, but we know what they brought Brees Hall in for. They want to run him as many times per game as they can because they won't even know where their quarterback is. They might have to put the backup in because Zach Wilson's probably going to be in the stands looking for moms. I I don't know. We don't know. We've, we've, we haven't seen him on the field yet. It's just training camp. But, again, we have the draft capital of Brees Hall. There's some guy named Michael Carter that still plays there, but we – well – I was going to say we saw what he could do last year, but I don't remember seeing him at all. So this very easily is Mr. Brees Hall. U-P-S-I-D-E. Upside. That's what we're bringing to the table with Elijah Moore and the 2024 first. Brees Hall, you know, this oh, 101, oh, 1,300 yards, oh, touchdown. No. Plain and simple. I am buying the Jets being a very good offense, and I'm buying the Jets being a very good passing offense. Elijah Moore being the wide receiver one on this very good passing offense. And basically what I'm saying is if the Jets are good, Brees Hall and Elijah Moore are going to be good. And so do I want a top 10 wide receiver or do I want a top 10 running back? Oh, that's probably pretty similar. Do I want a top 10 wide receiver? My hands are in the air for those people listening because there's no visual element of this podcast. Very demonstrative. Very demonstrative. You want a top 10 wide receiver and a first or the top 10 running back? I'm taking the top 10 wide receiver and the first. And I'm living in my world of the Jets being good. And you can live in your stupid world where Zach Wilson is hunting moms. Nathan's been smoking peyote again, talking about a top 10 wide receiver and Elijah Moore. He's not even the best wide receiver on his team. Go to the next one. Next, we have Dan defending Josh Allen, the, the quarterback, not the defensive end. Uh, quarterback Josh Allen in a 23-20-22 second, I can't talk, versus Justin Fields, 23 first and 24 first. I'll start us off. You might as well might as well call me Mr. Upside tonight. I'm taking the upside in all of these. U-P-S-I-D-E, upside. Do you remember back, back in, I think it was 2019, when Josh Allen was one of the worst quarterbacks in in all the land, all the NFL. And then what happened? The Russian quarterback with a big arm. Right, he's rushing? Career, rushing. Oh, I thought he was The rushing quarterback with a big arm turned his career around and became one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. What is Justin Fields going to do after having an absolute atrocious rookie year? What is he going to do? 
what is he going to do? Justin Fields. Justin Fields is going to do exactly what Josh Allen did and became one of the best quarterbacks in all of the NFL. And then you get two first-round picks on top. I understand there's a difference in the win now about deep, deep, deep. No. No. I'm talking about Dynasty. D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y. Dynasty! And in Dynasty, I'm taking the upside. I'm taking two firsts. Give me two firsts on top of a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. Give me Fields. Give me the picks. I don't even know why you would want Josh Allen. He stinks. Well, I was going to keep this short and sweet and just say QB1. But let's remember, folks, the Chicago Bears have quite literally zero pass catchers on the entire team. They have a one guy named Darnell Mooney, but they're just going to put the entire defense on him. There are zero players to catch passes. And as hey, I'm a Justin Fields guy. I love me some Justin Fields. However, that is a lose-lose situation in Chicago. Sure, coaching staff has upgraded, but he's already been mentally compromised because of whatever the hell the the Nagy regime decided to do with him. All right? He threw for like 1,800 yards and 10 starts last year, which I'm not great at math, but less than 200 yards a start, not not great. You know, not not my favorite numbers. And when we, we are talking about numbers, aren't we? So let's take a just a just a smidge of a peek into uh, Mr. Josh Allen. Only 36 touchdowns last season, and you know, just over 4,400 yards. Pretty pretty modest, mediocre quarterback stats. But, Nathan, we had 763 rushing yards, along with six touchdowns. Now, that touchdown number could be higher on both sides, but I don't think Mr. Fields can hold even the slightest of candles to what I'm talking about here. Those numbers are are well beyond. And sure, the other two firsts are nice. We had thought we talked about a 24 first earlier. We won't even be able to use that thing. A 23 first, sure. Yeah, team... why are you why are you killing yourself when it's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I would assume a team that is trading away Josh Allen probably is going to be bad. So the first might end up being okay. But there's just no way. QB1, Nathan. We're missing like two firsts in this trade offer. I rest my case. And Dynasty Twitter will be the one to judge. We have one last one. This was sent in by a hashtag fan of the Dynasty Tradecast. We have from Shakar Manor, I believe, uh, representing Brandon Ayuk and David Njoku, Dan Sanyo, and representing Christian Kirk and Zach Ertz, Nathan Powell. Do you want to start, Dan? I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, at least the offer has Zach Ertz in it. So there, it does have that going for you. Some nice tight end upside there. Probably a, a mid to low end tight end one. Arizona's going to need him. Uh, they didn't need Christian Kirk, and that's why they let him walk for the most egregious contract in NFL history to a team that doesn't have any proven talent at wide receiver. And... They really don't have any ta- proven talent at quarterback. Uh, again, we're hoping that Trevor Lawrence becomes Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. But again, the the debacle that was the coaching staff last year, 
very, very eerily similar to what happened in Chicago. This, it might not be able to come back from that, Nathan. An Urban Meyer-led team, it's tough to come back from. So let's get on to Christian Kirk, shall we? I mean, he's mediocre, getting money that your top wide receivers should be getting. And, and this guy has done, I mean, next to nothing in the NFL, question mark. He, he can bring something to an offense, but he's not going to be a difference maker. He's not going to, he's, I don't even think he's going to lead the team in targets, Nathan. That's, that's how egregious the contract is to me, A, and B, people selling their souls to go get him. When you could have an, a wide receiver two who has proven that he could be a wide receiver one if he wanted to be, if he, if he puts in the work, and obviously having Debo Samuel on the team is a little bit different, but Brandon Ayuk has shown us in the past that he can absolutely be game-changing. He has so much more upside that I, I actually don't know how the owner got Njoku involved in this as well because talk about even more upside. You get Ayuk and Njoku for a droppable player in Zach Ertz. I mean... A droppable player, Dan. Droppable. A droppable player. I do the, order, order, order in the court. I, I don't even know. There's no. There's no order in this court. Christian Kirk is the wide receiver one of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brandon Ayuk is the wide receiver two in the San Francisco 49ers. Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Trey Lance. I rest my case. Like, that's all you need. You need the wide receiver one with the better quarterback versus the wide receiver two with the worst quarterback. I'm not going to argue shenanigans about Njoku versus Ertz. Ertz is a good win now piece. Njoku's a good stash piece if, if Watson ends up ever playing football ever again, which appears it's going to be the case. So my main argument here is Christian Kirk is going to get volume immediately in year one with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And – with an ascending Jacksonville, obviously both the Niners and Jaguars are ascending offenses. But I think that there's more upside. Upside's the day, the day of the day, the term of the day, whatever you want to call it. Christian Kirk has more upside in 2022 than Brandon Ayuk. I rest my case. My, my closing argument, Nathan, is going to be the fact that Christian Kirk will have to borrow Kyler Murray's step stool to get to Brandon Ayuk's fantasy output. Not only will Ayuk score more than Christian Kirk this year, he will outscore him by four fantasy points per game, Nathan. I thought you were going to say four times. Like what? Like 20 no, to five? Not, I'm not ridiculous, but I mean, you're talking about like a 15 to an 11 kind of game. All right. That's certainly a take. So we'll tweet out these, these polls um, and make sure you listen so you can vote. And tell your friends if they didn't listen, they can't vote. If I, Dan, if I see somebody voting without listening, what should I do? Like, just ban them? I'm going to buy a plane ticket to wherever they currently are, <laughs> and we will remove their kneecaps, Nathan. Okay? Oh, my goodness. No that voting. <laughs> no voting unless you listen. Now, if you obviously, if you didn't listen, you didn't hear this. So I'm going to be showing up <laughs> out of the blue with, with I, I mean, I don't know, my bare hands, I guess. We're plucking those things right off no more kneecaps for anybody who's voting all righty that should do it for this week any last words dan i don't know why this podcast got so violent i'm not gonna be alive in 2024 for the for the draft picks uh i'm i i'm gonna be out implementing some crazy hand maneuver to remove people's kneecaps 
I, I mean, the only thing that really matters here, Nathan, is underdogfantasy.com, Rotoviz, and our lovely friends at Blue Wire. And Rotoviz, RV Radio 2022. Get your 10% discount. Be Rotoviz up. You need it. Season's coming up. Get involved. And Kadoosh! <laughs>